Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining in. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you this week? You okay? I'm fine. You a little upset about the end of the world? You know, if there's going to be a solar flare, it might happen this year. Well, what Hannah's referring to (laughs) is the movie that we watched this week, which is Knowing I would not be surprised if 2020 was it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a movie about... Possibly predicting the end of the world through very spooky and mystical means. It's so corny. And Nicolas Cage plays an astrophysicist from MIT, which we will discuss in detail in just a few short moments. So stay tuned for that. Before we get started, Hannah, why don't you relay us some facts, some figures, some numbers? We'll start with the figures and numbers, and then we'll go on with the facts. So knowing from 2009... Has an IMDb score of 6.2 out of 10 mm-hmm. and a Rotten Tomato score of 33%. So IMDb is about average. 33 is on the lower side, but not the lowest we've seen. That's yeah. for sure. And Roger Ebert gave it a 4 out of 4. What? Yeah. Okay, this movie was not that good. Spoiler <laughs> no, no, alert. No, it was not good at all. I've seen this one before. Yes, this is one of maybe the only movie that Hannah has seen before and I have not. Mm-hmm. There's a few that we've both seen before, and there's been a few that I've seen. No, I I saw National Treasure Book of Secrets. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I've seen Moonstruck. Yeah. Okay. um, Back to the numbers. Yes. So this movie did very well at the box office. Did it really? It did. 2009 was a time when people liked movies like this. Mm. I think 2012 came out around 2009. Right. The movie with The Rock about the Mayan calendar. Yes. Incan calendar? Yes. Mine. Yes. So this movie, the budget was $50 million, which I think is quite low for all the special effects. Well, the special effects weren't very good. No, they were not. <laughs> but I would still assume that that was expensive. Yeah. Okay. And it made $214 million. Whoa. Quadruple the budget. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this movie did quite well. Not sure why. Me neither. I mean, I did see it. That, that's true. I it didn't. was a major motion picture. I suppose it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, we'll we'll try to dive deduce, into that. Like, yeah, deduce why that as we go. Yeah. Cared about this? I don't know. Um, maybe some of the things that Nick says about the movie resonated with. Mm. people nice segue what do you got well we'll start with the film itself i always like to end on you know nick's words and his Mm. life (laughs) um we have like five more movies happening in 2009 so i'm going to save any um i guess personal occurrences for nick that happened in 2009 probably for next week because i don't imagine there's going to be too much behind the scenes with him with the movie that we are watching next week which we're not going to spoil for you right now you'll have to wait until the end to hear what that is okay um so this the stuff that i'm going to tell about nick is just about this movie nothing um personal Okay. okay but we'll start with the film stuff 
So as Steve mentioned, it's about a astrophysicist uh, professor at MIT. But most of the movie was actually filmed in Australia. Well, that makes sense. Which makes a lot of sense because Liam Hemsworth makes an appearance. This is his first appearance in any film. Wow, that was his first appearance. Uh, Rose Byrne is in this movie. And then... Ben Mendo Mendelssohn. Yeah, I was like, I don't know this guy's name. Mendo. My boy. He he's also in this. We go way back. We don't. Oh my I god, what was that. that horrible show that we watched with him in it? The Outsider. Oh well, there were <laughs> there were glimpses. Of, the acting was really good in that show. Incredible. And it's based the on the storyline was it's based on a Stephen King, I think. Horrendous. Yeah, it's Stephen King. It's what yeah, you it's expect. True. It's, I didn't know that. It starts out being like a police drama, and then it turns into like monsters and mystical Alien beings. Crap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mostly shot in Australia, where the director Alex Proyas is from. Okay. Um, the director hoped to mirror The Exorcist in melding realism with fantastical premise. Would Swi- you say that swing he, and a miss? <laughs> I was going to say, would you say that he succeeded? I would not say that. <laughs> So I think a lot of the issues might come, well, probably not, because people don't typically care about this, but the scientific community had a lot of problems with yeah. the big, you know, like the, the big end of the world, the apocalyptic occurrence where it's a solar flare where essentially like the the heat of the sun becomes too hot and it flares up and it sets the entire planet on fire yes and scientists are saying okay like that can't happen to the degree that you're saying that it would okay like a solar flare of that destruction level is impossible it would never get to like the earth's core okay yeah that's (laughs) that was the argument that they made essentially we'll get to it but yeah. yeah yeah um see a lot of these things will come up as we speak about the movie hopefully we get to all of them but Mm -hmm. i don't want to spoil too much i guess fair enough um there's one scene that is a contiguous two minute take i missed it yeah so did i (laughs) um so that's interesting we've he's been in a few movies where they they pull that stunt most notably snake eyes did it really well in the opening of that movie yep yeah, I'll get to this stuff when I get to it. Okay. You want to jump right into the movie well, or I'll you have other Nick. stuff? I'll talk okay, about okay, Nick. okay. So when asked about his research for his role, because you know Nick always does some extensive research, he usually shadows a person in the profession. Sure. Um, I would have expected him to go to like, maybe he thought he was going to be an astronaut and like go to astronaut camp and learn how to be in a space shuttle. Uh-huh. But that's, you know, obviously not and what astrophysicists do but i wouldn't put it past him to do that Mm -hmm. but no he had a real cop out because at this stage in his career he's just taking anything that he can get and he doesn't have time to like really do research for these roles because he's just Ah. banging these movies out okay um so when asked about his research for this role nick said i grew up with a professor so that's all the research i ever needed referring to his father august coppola who was a professor of comparative literature at cal state it's the same thing it's yeah you know your literature professor and your astrophysicist. Your comparative literature, it's, it's apples and apples. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched an interview with him and I have to say, like, over the years, I think that his personality has changed a lot. And in early interviews, you know, he 
I forget which movie it was for. It was Wild at Heart. He pulled that stunt where like he showed up with the jacket on he and he like, took his shirt off and he threw the jacket at the guy who was interviewing him and he just like was super quirky at this interview and the, a lot of other interviews. I can always see that he's very passionate about his work. Like mm-hmm. I watched one for adaptation and he just cared so much about the work that he was doing. And at this one, he was just really dead in the eyes is all <laughs> I can explain. Like he just looked like he was in pain to have to be there and he was just mm. doing this press junket to make more money. Yeah. Um, so here's some of the things that he like said I, out of like this side of his mouth <laughs> okay. about this movie. He just said, I don't like movies that bore you. I like movies where you don't know what's going to happen next. Movies that are sci-fi with a spiritual theme. And those are the kinds of movies that I want to make right now. Okay. Um, I feel like he's made. Yeah. I feel like City Left of Angels. Is very similar to this. Um, Left Behind. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said that I want to entertain you and also stimulate dinner conversation. So that's kind of what I'm pulling from at the beginning of my tirade here when we were talking about how this movie made a lot of money at the box office. Mm. And it's like, well, maybe Nick feels, you know, that he actually struck a chord with that audience that he's stimulated the minds of the masses enough that they want to talk about it and tell their friends about it to go and see this movie over dinner i mean we're having dinner right now (laughs) i don't know know if you can hear us eating in the plates (laughs) and the knives we're we're having a full serviced (laughs) four course meal with our private chef and our butler (laughs) wow hold on let me carve the bird real quick okay yeah no please take your time that's silly Yeah, I, I okay. don't know. Maybe That's... you're li- maybe you're eating dinner while you're listening to us talk. Which maybe. I don't know. I would. I don't think I'd be able to eat after hearing us speak uh, about. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think we have quite nice voices. Uh, speak about these topics. <laughs> well, yeah, the topic is something else entirely. Oi. The life of Nicolas Cage, one Nicholas Kim Coppola. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's that. Like I said, we'll get okay. to the other stuff when we get to it. Yeah, because Nicholas Cage is the star of this movie, so there's a lot to go Sadly, through the movie, yeah. and the, a lot of the scenes are kind of integral to the plot. So we have to go through a decent amount of this movie. So we'll save a lot of the stuff for I'm next week. Curious how you're going to do it explaining this movie because none of it makes any sense. I think I got it. Let's see. Let's see how we do. All right, we'll find out. All right, so the movie actually opens up on a scene that's probably important to mention, but does not contain Nicolas Cage. And it's a flashback sequence from 1959 with a young girl who is clearly hearing voices in her head and has therefore convinced the school to create a time capsule that will be opened in 50 years in the future, 2009, where this movie takes place, the rest of this movie takes place and when this movie was released. So instead of drawing a drawing which is what all the kids are doing they're drawing drawings of rocket ships and animals and stuff that's going to be in the time capsule and instead of doing that she is madly scribbling down random seemingly random numbers onto a large piece of paper just numbers after numbers after numbers after numbers until the teacher says okay time's up let me take those numbers away from you you fucking weirdo (laughs) puts them into the time capsule and then they can't find the little girl. What happened to the little girl? And she is downstairs in a basement or, or in a closet in the gym, yeah. scratching away at the door, and her hands are to all bloody. To finish, I guess, the numbers that to, she was writing. Because she, she didn't finish the numbers, so she has to get the last, I think it's like eight numbers, and she scratches them into the door. Yeah. 
So her name is Lucinda Embry, mm-hmm. which apparently is an anagram for badly numeric. Oof. Yeah. I wonder, is that <laughs> is that also an anagram for madly numberic? <laughs> no, wait. No, I'm taking the no. M from somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like badly no, numeric. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So that's, There's not yeah. two M's, but yeah. It's ma- badly numeric. That's dumb. That's it's the, it's real the dumb. Voldemort. I was gonna say that's of... some Tom Marvolo Riddle <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> that's after the fact bullshit. Anyhow, so flash forward, 2009. The first scene we see Nicolas Cage is he's looking into his telescope, and he's just this scene. Th- this entire movie is exposition. It doesn't use a voiceover, but it's so much exposition of just people explaining what happened. To, before so this whole scene we find out it's just him at home and it's him and his son his wife's dead his kids got hearing loss the kid's a bad actor uh there's there's some loud talking in this scene i don't think it qualifies as screaming so i'm not going to put it in and we also find out he's just living in shambles in this giant house where all the paint is chipping off there's like stains on the walls and floors There's like no furniture. He never, apparently he never sleeps in his own bed. I don't know if you noticed that. I did notice that. Or we did notice that when we were watching yeah. it. Yeah, he I think you pointed He sleeps in the kid's out. bed with him one time. Oh, yeah. He sleeps yeah. on his chair. He mm-hmm. sleeps on the couch. We don't even, he may not even have a bed. He does because Rose Byrne sleeps in oh, it right. without him. So we knew Rose Byrne was in this movie, and after watching Next, I made the comment. I was oh, like, no. "I hope Rose Byrne is not just like a slab of meat in this movie, like <laughs> like, like they made Jessica Alma. Jessica Biel, Biel yeah. in Next." Oh my god! And she wasn't. She actually had some character to her, I guess. But <laughs> I couldn't tell you a defining trait about yeah. Rose Byrne. But we'll get into that later. So. We also find out in the next scene, with more exposition, that he is a professor at MIT, which we mentioned, and he's an astrophysicist. Liam Hemsworth is in his class. Yeah, so he's being Miley just... Cyrus's ex-husband, Liam All right, Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth stands on his own. He does not need <laughs> Miley Cyrus to, qualif- to qualify him. People know Liam Hemsworth. He's a handsome man. Yeah. He deserves better than Miley. He was in the last song with Miley Cyrus, which was probably in the next oh. movie that he made after knowing... <laughs> Was. that's where they met i've seen that movie it's you terrible. have oh, I like it's that movie. so bad <laughs> yeah yeah it's a guilty pleasure oh my god that movie sucks it's really it's is that a really nicholas awful. sparks i wouldn't be surprised i if think it, it is yeah it's all the fucking same what a time in movie making oh my god <laughs> the nicholas sparks is uh just like yeah like the boom. notebook and like what is it the john deere not john deere oh, yeah, deere john, yeah, deer john deere. <laughs> you know that movie about tractors, <laughs> tractors. Whew, we are going off the rails and we're on the third scene. <laughs> so it wasn't very interesting at the beginning. This movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not particularly. So this is where we see all the Australians. Liam Hemsworth, Ben Mendo comes in to his classroom and they, they have a quick conversation walking around campus. He's in a, another professor. He's another astrophysicist, yeah. And this is the scene where Hannah noticed that uh, they basically put an entire brown filter over this movie. It's yeah. like a really weird, almost sepia tone over this whole movie. They Very used a special camera. I didn't look up too much about it because I think last time I looked up stuff about a camera, Steve looked super uninterested in what I was saying. <laughs> so I vowed never to do that again. She, she made a blood oath with me. <laughs> he like left the room to go to the bathroom or something while I was talking. And it looks at herself in the mirror. You stupid, stupid. <laughs> Can't believe it. Steve, I thought you might find this interesting. You idiot. (laughs) 
none of that happened. <laughs> FYI. I lost sleep over it. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage's whole thing is also that he's a really bad father. <laughs> and he's always running late for something for his kid. So he has to run all the way over to the kid's school, which is the same school from the first scene. And they're opening up the time capsule. It's a big event. It is William Dawes Elementary. Do you know who William Dawes was? I do not. So he was in Paul Revere's squad. Okay. Of, he was of, his hype man. Yeah, he was. He was Paul Revere's hype man. Okay. Um, who also rode on a horse and warned people about the British coming. So I think the draw is that it's someone warning people that something is coming. So why not make it Paul Revere High School? Would that be too on the nose? Too, too obvious, I yeah. think. Fair enough. That actually makes sense. I'd probably make fun of it more if it were Paul Revere High School. (laughs) Paul Revere, what are they warning him about? (laughs) Oh my god. So of course, Nick Cage's kid gets the numbers, and he the kid brings the numbers home by accident, and Nick's like, let me see that. And it's also in this scene at home where we just see Nick's gross neck again. I wrote down the words gross neck. It's horrible. He's got those pockmarks. I was going to say, they're pockmarks. It looks like someone like stuck a cigarette in there and burned holes in it yeah we couldn't quite throughout the course of this we couldn't quite pinpoint where he got those because he didn't have those when he was young or did he i don't recall i can't recall which movie it was that they showed up for the first time me neither that's what i'm saying are we gonna have to go back and find out that's okay i'm sure somebody's (laughs) done that we don't have to repeat work maybe next week i'll look up what those are if anyone is you know put that out there on the internet which i wouldn't be surprised right so, like every scene, there's more exposition in the sense that we find out that Nick Cage is also a very heavy drinker. So he has a full glass of scotch and he sets it down accidentally on the numbers. And when he does that, the ring that the scotch makes, it circles the numbers 09112001. And then I think it's, I forget the exact number, it's like 2662 or something like that. So it's September 11th, 2001, and then the number of people who died in the tragedy. So Nick Cage starts writing down on a whiteboard for some reason instead of just scanning these numbers. Yeah, I guess he didn't have a photocopier. Yeah, I guess not. And starts writing down by hand all these numbers and realizing that every single one of the numbers correlates to a massive tragedy, the month, day, year, and number of those died throughout history. Uh, There are reasons later which I'll get into about why I think some of these numbers are stupid. But so... He figures it all out. There's some numbers that he can't quite make sense of. And then there's three dates at the end that cor- that are correlate to a future date. That These are tragedies that haven't happened yet. But they're all like soon. They're all like within the next year or, yeah. or within the next week even. Right. So he brings these numbers to his old buddy Ben Mendo back at MIT. And this is where we get the first scream because, MI- because MIT Ben Mendo <laughs> is <laughs> a little skeptical. And Nick Cage says the following. Right. Right. Except I saw them dig it up. Okay, Phil, hey, can we just start over here? I'm not saying that 81 people are going to die tomorrow, okay? I'm just trying to understand why this is saying they will. So so much emphasis. So much emphasis in that scene. (laughs) Yeah, great scene there. First scream, not going to win best scream, but I really just wanted to give the audience a flavor of what's to come. So... He well, it's, it's great. It's a breath of fresh air from last week. You're right. There's a lot of screams in this one. So buckle in, folks. So <laughs> he then decides to find out more information about the little girl who wrote these numbers and decides to... Badly vi- numeric. Badly numeric. <laughs> little Miss Badly Numeric. And he goes to the teacher's apartment 
Like her teacher's apartment. Like some 90-year-old bitty. <laughs> and he's like, hey. And they're sitting down for tea. And he's like, tell me about Badly Numeric. And <laughs> tell me a little bit about what she was like as a kid. And she was like, oh, she was such a strange kid. That was the day with the numbers. I remember it well. Even though she's like 85 and clearly shows signs of memory loss. And then Nick Cage goes, by the way, my son got the numbers from the time capsule. And I'd like to show them. Like, he didn't lead with that. That's what I said to you. I was like, wait a second. What did he tell her when he showed up to her apartment? She just let him in. She just let him in and gave him some tea. This man with terrible hair. <laughs> yeah, we haven't mentioned his hair it's, yet. It's, na- it's his it's natural hair. It's his natural hair. It's thinning and He terrible. just needs a haircut on the sides. Yeah. If the sides were shorter, it would look, it'd look fine. acceptable. Yeah, he'd look fine. Hmm. But also, again, we find out through people just telling us instead of the movie maker showing us that... Badly Numeric died several years ago, but she died as an older woman enough to have an adult daughter who also has a daughter, so she has a granddaughter and then died. And doesn't he find a picture of her? He finds a picture of her, and it's just Rose Byrne <laughs> It's Rose Byrne photoshopped. <laughs> like, just slightly photoshopped with, like, a thinner nose or something. I was gonna say, like, they make her nose thinner and they make her chin longer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like when you play Mario 64 and you can drag the nose around and the chin and the cheeks. You uh, people get that reference. People know that <laughs> reference. Cannot relate. <laughs> so he goes back to his house, and his sister shows up. So we find out he has a, a playful relationship with his sister, but he doesn't have a relationship with his parents. And he makes <laughs> a, a really relationship with his sister a, sounds so creepy. He makes a really weird. I know it sounds creepy. I'm gonna move right past it. <laughs> he makes a really weird face as he says. I am the son of a pastor. Like he's oh, yeah. mocking his parents. Yeah. Like it's not a scream, so I won't insert it. And I hated like you that. have to see his face. <laughs> but like it's just so awkward. And that to me is a le- an early leader for Nouveau Shamanic. Yeah, moment. it came out of nowhere. So completely unnecessary. We also find, meanwhile, I don't think Nick Cage sees this just yet, but there are these shadowy figures who are kind of stalking Nick Cage's son. And they're very Aryan looking. Yes. They're they're very spooky looking. They've got tall, thin and then light hair very Aryan yes <laughs> almost um albino right so we're getting up to the day the next day that's predicted by the numbers so Nick Cage is just watching the news non-stop he's watching and watching just to see if the tragedy will come true and he falls asleep and realizes oh my god I'm late I gotta go pick up my son gets in the car and he's like ah shit I'm running behind he looks at his GPS like oh my god I'm not gonna be there for another 20 minutes but then he notices the latitude and longitude on his GPS and he realizes those are the missing numbers. So each of the numbers is month, day, year, number of casualties, latitude and longitude. Here's the thing. (laughs) When you measure latitude and longitude, you measure plus and minus from the equator. Yes. So it's all positive. There are no negative numbers. (laughs) Therefore, everything happens in North North America (laughs) or Europe. I think North America or Europe. Yeah, I don't know which po- which way they go positive and which way they go negative, but it's just above the equator. So uh, yes, above the equator, but from the prime meridian, which way is positive and in which way? Oh, I see. Is negative? Do they meet? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the Earth is flat, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so 
there should be negative numbers on this list of numbers, and there, there are, are no not. negative numbers. There's no minus Which, signs. I guess you could say, all right, well, maybe it's the absolute value, what have you. Um, please. Anyway, he realizes that the next numbers are at his exact location. And so he sees that he gets out of his car and runs over and like, oh my God, there's a fuel truck that's that's turned over. We got to get people out of here. And then just fucking out of nowhere, a plane crashes on the highway. 747. Yeah. And all these people are burning up. So and... this is the scene mm. that was two minutes straight. Oh, one shot okay. from Nick looking at his, Nick getting out of the car to walk over and check out the, whatever the. Gotcha. The, the crash. The crash thing to walking over to the plane crash and then helping people. That was, it's like a two minute long shot and it took two days to set up and two days to film. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a pretty good shot. It was better than a lot of the other shots, which we'll get to because they rely more so on CGI. Although the plane crash itself was pretty poorly CGI'd, but yeah. it was probably fine by 2009 standards. I hope you get to some of them because I have a few like kind of cool facts. Yeah, I have a few that I'm going to bring up. That's okay. for sure. Cool. <laughs> so, Or if you bring up the montage, maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can talk about I that. Because then I have something that I can share. Okay, great. I think I know what you're talking about. We'll get to it. I don't so, think you do, but that's fine. I, uh, whatever. It's fine. So, <laughs> so he gets home. He's a little shaken up and Ben Mendo shows up and he's like, oh my God, I totally believe you now because I saw the plane crash and 81 people died. And that's exactly the number that you showed me the other day. And then he's like, uh, yeah. And also the, you know, the coordinates. And now it's coordinates. And now we know that the next tragedy is going to happen in New York City tomorrow or two days from now or whatever. And I know the exact coordinates i know exactly it's where at the in New corner York. of this block and this block exactly but it's at this point where nick cage notices the shadowy figures that entered the house to stalk his son and nick cage runs after the shadowy figures who run away run away into the woods and screams hey So as he screams, you want some of this, is when he takes, he's, he has a baseball bat in his hand and he hits it against the tree. And he's like, you want some of this? Yep. <laughs> so also, very intimidating. Speaking of CGI, this is a poorly CGI'd scene because the spooky shadowy figures are showing his son like in What's a dream. What's going to happen. What will happen at the end of the world. And it's all these like poorly CGI'd animals on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like video game quality. Yeah. Which is good for video games, but not great for a major motion picture. $50 million. But they only had $50 million, and I'm sure a decent amount, amount of that had to go to Nick Australia. Cage. Yeah, it was, yeah, like a decent amount of that had to go to the set design, because apparently they did this big one-shot for two days. Yep. And, yeah. So, he then decides that, and I don't know why he didn't lead with this, but he then decides to go stalk uh badly numerics daughter and granddaughter <laughs> which is roseburn and stalks them at a museum and makes badly their numerics. makes makes their kids talk to each other and he's like hey look our kid i'm doing i'm not doing the nick cage voice no hey look our kids are getting along we should we should get a play date going and so they're like having an alcoholic beverage while they're at this museum and the kids are playing around and nick cage is like all right look i all right, look, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been. For, yeah, if you can do the voice, why yeah, not do yeah. the voice? I, I haven't been real with you. I, I followed you because I want to learn more about your mother. And 
Rose Byrne's like, no, I'm leaving. You what, creep. You creep. And Nick Cage goes, I'll say this in a normal voice because it's very silly. He goes, no, it's okay. I'm an astrophysicist. And flashes his MIT badge at her like he's a cop. And she's like, thank God Rose Byrne was like, no. I want you to start doing that, showing like your work ID. Yeah, your business business card being like, it's okay, I'm a geneticist. It's okay, I'm a scientist. Trust me. Anyway, I am a legitimate scientist for new listeners. Wash your hands, wear a mask, stay six feet from people. That's my soapbox. Anyhow, he gets really aggressive with her as well. Like, tell me what the numbers mean or tell me more or some shit. I don't know. You sounded like you were singing. (laughs) Tell me what the numbers mean. Tell me more, tell me more. (laughs) Oh, that's not where I was going with that. But yeah, (laughs) that's also good. So he warns the police about the next numbers being in New York City, and they understandably don't believe him. And so he flies to New York City, leaving his... No, he drives there. Oh, he drives there because he's, he's in, in Boston. Boston. Right, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. It's filmed in Australia. <laughs> That's true. That's why I thought he had to Some fly. scenes were filmed in New York. Some okay. scenes were filmed in Boston. So he drives to New York. Yeah. And he goes to the corner where this massive tragedy is going to happen, even though his son does not have a mother. No. <laughs> and he's doing he all these He keeps doing all these foolish things. He knows where the tragedy is going to be, so just avoid it. Yeah. Anyhow. He, he thinks he can stop it, he maybe? He thinks he can stop it, I think. Because he, he oh, makes yeah. his way into the subway. Mm-hmm. And sees a man holding something suspicious. So he starts chasing after him. And he runs quite well. He does run well in this scene. Much better in this scene than he does in other scenes. Yes. And the guy who was holding something suspicious, he was just holding some stolen DVDs or some some bootleg DVDs. He's like, oh man, I, I can't believe that. And the cops are all after him now because they see this chase going on. And then just out of nowhere, like how there was a truck crash and then a plane came out of nowhere. There was this guy who stole DVDs, and then a train on the other rail derails. Subway, yeah. Subway, another whatever it mm-hmm. derails, and this is also really poorly CGI. Wh- horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so incredibly destructive. So something yeah. interesting about this, please. Um, a similar derailment of a subway happened in 1991. Oh wow! The Motor Man, I think, is the term. Motor Man. I'm pretty sure. Conductor. But it's of driver. But it, no, I think it's called the motorman of motorman. the subway. <laughs> okay, the motorman <laughs> of the train was drunk at the mm. switch and um, crashed and derailed the subway. He was sentenced to five to fifteen years in prison. Oh wow! For manslaughter. Whoa! And um, he got out in two thousand and two. Five people died and one hundred and sixty-one were injured. So I wonder if that it made was it on the, the same. List. No, like, oh. this was modeled after that. But mm. I just wonder if that's, like, the stat for how many people died in this. Oh, yeah. Like, five. It looked like more than five people died in this. So, quick little story. <laughs> I, Where is this going? I used to live in... We both used to live in Pittsburgh, and we now live in Philadelphia. And there was a similar tragedy in Philadelphia when we were living in Pittsburgh about a train derailment. And people died, and it was very tragic. And... I was talking to my boss in a large meeting one day in Pittsburgh and I was talking and I was talking and I said, anyway, I lost my train of thought. And he goes, huh, Philadelphian losing his train of thought. Am I right? And I was like, it was like like that week. Whoa. Is that right? That's real messed up. Right? 
he was such a nice guy until that. That was like the one like mean thing hey, he's ever that? said. It was my boss. Yeah. You gonna cut that out? Well, not, I don't know where I'm gonna cut it, but uh, you know. Shit. I know. That's super insensitive. He was like the nicest guy, <laughs> and then he said this one crazy thing. Isn't that weird. You wrote him off after that. No, I didn't write him off. He's still a brilliant scientist that I studied under. Nah, he's quack. He's not a quack at all. (laughs) You discredit every piece of research he's ever put out after that. I hope he doesn't listen to this stupid podcast. We're going to cut this out. (laughs) Anyhow, so after New York, Nick Cage makes his way home, or maybe even to the hotel. It doesn't matter. He's he's in the shower. He just has to have a shower scene in every movie. He's got pretty nice triceps, not going to lie. He does. He makes his way home, and Rose Byrne is just there waiting for him because oh, I guess like, did, the I Freedom guess of Information she, Act. I was gonna say because he flashed her his uh, MIT badge as his home address, <laughs> and she just memorized it. Yeah, she's got a thing for numbers. <laughs> I guess <laughs> runs in the family. So they have a quick conversation, and she's like, "All right, I can tell you more about my mom. We'll have to go to her trailer that she put in the middle of the woods." So they go to the trailer in the middle of the woods. You didn't um, talk about like the montage. The montage. Of different accidents happening. No, I don't recall that. Anyway, there's a montage of like different horrific tragedies that are on the list in the numerology. Yeah, so, but I thought the montage was just showing clips of like newspaper clippings and stuff like that. No, they also did like poor CGI of other accidents and oh, things. Wow. I don't so anyway, remember that at all. It's fine. Okay. It doesn't matter because mm-hmm. Nick wasn't in it, so you probably weren't paying attention. <laughs> um, there's an oil rig on fire in the Gulf of Mexico that was shown. Oh, yeah. A year later, in 2010, the mm. BP oil spill happened in the mm. Gulf of Mexico. Hmm. Conspiracy theory? No. Coincidence. <laughs> but no, so one of the things, or I guess that montage was Nicolas Cage flipping through the news trying to find yeah. what the tragedy would be when he didn't know what the locations meant so there was um, yeah I that, think that that's what also... the, that's what the oil rig was, was because it? because he saw the oil rig and was like oh my god this is it and then they go gladly nobody was hurt and he was like ah it's not it oh okay that's what i remember though. Right. <laughs> anyhow so they go to the trailer in the middle of the woods they know they know that spooky shadowy figures have been stalking their children both yep. of them both of the both of both wow both of the children both of them <laughs> both of them <laughs> rose burn's daughter and nick cage's son yeah so nick cage and rose burn get to the trailer and they say okay kids wait in the car we're gonna go scope out the trailer stupid. without you <laughs> and of course shadowy people show up the spooky the spooky guys show up and so when they're in the trailer, they find the rocks that... Did I mention the rocks no, yet? you didn't mention the rocks. <laughs> the, the spooky guys give the kids rocks, like these really shiny black rocks. Yeah. I, as a symbol or a signal or something? I don't know. I have no idea. So they find some of the rocks in the trail, and they're like, oh, we must be getting close to some answers. And they pull up a Murphy bed and see written under the Murphy bed, because the last two digits on the numbers are EE. They're not even numbers at all. They look yeah. kind of like threes, but they're EE. And they don't know what EE stands for. They pull up the Murphy bed. Was the cheesiest reveal of anything in cinematic history. It just carved into the bottom of the bed. A trillion times. Is EE equals everyone else. It's like everyone else, everyone else, everyone else, everyone else. Just written over and over in different fonts and like yeah. sizes. So they're like, oh my God, 
EE as everyone else. Oh my God, that's that's the end of the world. It's next week. It's like in two days or some shit. So they get all fucking spooked out and they go. Nick Cage makes his way back to MIT and runs up to his lab or some shit. He's yeah, like, after the spooky people try and take their kids. Oh yeah, and he chases after <laughs> them with a gun and then I don't think he screams so I didn't write doesn't down. Doesn't he but... like, doesn't the spooky guy open his mouth and just a light Oh my god, out? I would have glossed right past that. Okay, some spooky man <laughs> opens his mouth and projects a, a blinding light. Nick Cage turns around to shield himself from the light and turns back and the man's gone. The, the light came out of his mouth. <laughs> his mouth was just a flashlight. Christ. <laughs> spooky man. The spooky man. So I was trying to save some things. So that people who aren't familiar with the movie might still be kind of guessing what might happen at the end. It's fine. But now you know that these spooky men have mystical have powers. Mystical powers. <laughs> They're also dressed like the Matrix. They're dressed like Nick Cage in, in City of Angels. <laughs> yes. And they stand around like him too. Yeah, except they're like obsessed with children. So his children. Yes. So Nick Cage goes back to MIT with Ben Mendo and he's like, run the numbers again. I've got new data or or I know what the the numbers mean. And they run the numbers and they realize that there's a massive solar flare that's going to spike up and hit the earth within, you know, whenever the end of the world is supposed to happen the next day or something. I'm just thinking of the end of this movie. So we'll get there. So Nick Cage makes his way home. He... His wife died like a day before his birthday, so he never opened his birthday present. He opens a birthday present and it's a little locket, and he he calls his parents and, and tries to make good with his parents. And uh, I wrote down the son started carving. Do you know what that means? Yeah, he starts writing numbers. Oh, the the son starts writing numbers down. Yeah. What were those numbers? They never like touched on them. Yeah, I guess he was repeating the numbers again, just in case. Why? I don't know, but. Nick Cage said, okay, you need to stop that now, and takes the pen and paper away, and yeah, his and he starts carving. carving with his fingernails. And then Nick Cage makes a connection. Oh, my God. The teacher said that the little girl, badly numeric, oh, right. was carving, carving numbers wood. in the gym at the school. So, so he snaps his kid out of it. Snaps his kid out of it. And he's he, like, Roseburn. Yes. And Roseburn's daughter and his son they go all, to the school. They all get together, and he's like, we're going to go to the caves. Maybe if we get underground, we can, we'll be safe. And he drives. Even though he knows that that's yeah, like. Because he's an astrophysicist. Right? Remember? Because the solar flares can burst like through the core of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you'd have to be six miles underground in order to be protected from that. And, she's, and Rose is like, but the caves will save us. Well, she's hopeful. She's optimistic. I get yeah. it. So, so instead of taking them to the caves, he, he takes them to the school. He goes down to apparently what is a 50-year-old door oh, that's yeah. still there. Jesus grabs the door off the frame, takes it back home, and he starts scraping away the paint, and he's going fucking crazy. And How does he know that it's the same door that's just been painted over? Right. How does he know that they didn't replace, they didn't replace the, the door? door? How, how often do you replace doors? I don't know. Less than every 50 years. You think? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you replace do- Yeah. I don't know. We're looking. We're both looking at our doors right now. <laughs> the, the door is probably nine years old. Yeah, exactly. Could, you know, use a replacement in another, I don't know, 
20 years, which is still <laughs> 30 years, which is still 20 years under the number of years. Do people like replace doors? Sure. They I sell, thought you just painted over it. They sell doors at Home Depot. How old do you think the doors on our old apartment were? They looked mad old. They look like people have been carving shit in them for centuries. They were not carved and they were not painted, the interior <laughs> doors at our old place. I know. They were the same wood as the floor. Right. So let's say they're 40 years old. Okay. <laughs> That's the you think our landlord's door. ever going to replace them? <laughs> no. Well, <sighs> my point is that what what are the fucking odds? <laughs> That they never replace the door in 50 years. What are the odds that Nick is going to be at any of these locations at the exact time that these tragedies happen? Of, well, because he knows the date, but he, he doesn't. There's out. 24 hours in the day. Yeah, he does seek them out <laughs> at some point. Anyhow, so he's scraping at the door trying to find the last, because remember, the last two digits were EE, which is the number of casualties. However, usually there's a location after the number of yes, casualties. he needs to know the location. So he's got to know the location. Maybe that'll tell him something. He finally finds a location. But meanwhile, Rose Byrne took the kids and said- They're going to the caves. Nick Cage is just fucking crazy. I got to go to the caves. So Nick Cage screams after his son. Not a great screen. Yeah, yeah. However, while Roseburn is in the car and Nick Cage is in the car chasing after her, this is probably the best series of screams. Because <laughs> just you know what? I'll just play the whole little scene, the whole little conversation. Enjoy. Where are you? We're in Westford. I'm sorry, I, I had to do this for Abby and for Caleb. I'm, I'm taking them to the caves. I found the numbers. They're the location of your mother's mobile home. That's where we've gotta go. Don't do this to me. Please. I know how it sounds. You want us to head toward the place where this is supposed to happen? Are you insane? It's a chance we gotta take or we're all gonna die. Stay where you are. I'll be right there. No, if we go to the caves, we have a chance. You said the sun can't reach that far. The caves won't save us. Nothing can. The radiation will pack like a mile to the Earth's crust. Do you hear me? Our only shot is to go where the numbers blast to go. It's what no, we're I, to do. I don't believe you. I'm taking the children. We have to save the children. Fantastic scene. Just fantastic all around. I love that scream. Uh, let's see. Roseburn. Oh my god. Okay, so Roseburn stops at a gas station, gets some gas on her way to the caves. She knows a little bit ahead of time of everybody else in the yep. world. Of E. Of E. Right. <laughs> so she's getting some gas, and then the spooky boys show up <laughs> and steal her car. And so then she steals someone else's car <laughs> and starts chasing after the spooky boys who stole the kids. She's the, because these two adults love leaving, leaving their, their children kids alone. In the they car. just love it, love it, love it. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> so the spooky boys take the kids in the car. The spooky boys take the kids in the car. <laughs> they drive away. They drive away. Rose Burns get there. <laughs> Rose Burns chasing after them, and Rose Byrne just gets rocked by oncoming traffic. Yeah, she gets, steals someone's car. Yeah. And just gets <laughs> annihilated. Nick Cage makes his way to the car to the to the car crash, the scene of the crash, and we can see some really poorly CGI cheesy landscape where there's like bad smoke oh, and yeah. like, like thunder and lightning. And shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like that's not okay. Fine, fine. 
Rose Byrne dies exactly at midnight with one of the shiny rocks in her hand. Ooh. Ooh. So he realizes, Nick Cage realizes, it might have been in that clip that I played, but he realizes that they have to go to the numbers, which is Badly Numeric's trailer. Yeah. Rose Byrne's mom's trailer. <laughs> it's a it's a chance. That's what he was screaming about. It's a chance. <laughs> Somebody's trying to tell us something. We got to go there, right? So he follows the trail, the left behind by Badly Numeric, <laughs> and he finds the spooky boys with his kids. Or with his kid and Rose Bird's kid. And his kid is holding a white rabbit. For some reason. <laughs> and he screams. Where's Caleb? I want my son. I want my son. Now! And the spooky boy doesn't say anything. <laughs> and instead, here it comes, folks. A UFO comes out of the sky. And Nick Cage drops to his knees. As an unidentified flying object, an alien spaceship lands on the ground or near the ground. And the kids, because I guess the spooky boys have explained are aliens. Yeah. And the aliens cannot communicate to to adults. With adults. They can only communicate with children, I suppose. Or they only want to communicate with the children. Creepy. They only want to save the children. And the kids are like, it's okay. They're going to lead us to safety. It's going to be fine and but but the spooky boys <laughs> say that say that the aliens, the aliens apparently no, keep calling them spooky boys. communicate that nick cage can't go with them for some mm-hmm. reason they can't bring the adult yeah not enough room on the spaceship no so it's fucking aliens nick cage can't go nick cage is like i'll be with you forever and gives him the locket that that his wife gave his him. wife left him the spookies <laughs> transform they're 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 not spooky enough looking. They're not alien no, enough looking. No, they transform into glowing human, faceless humanoids. Yeah, uh, that eventually sprout wings. And I think there was a religious aspect to it that I kind of glossed over. But so they're supposed to be like what prophets depicted as angels in the Bible and all that yeah. bullshit. Fucking Paul Revere's. And what Paul Revere? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, as the spookies take off. <laughs> The rocks float in midair. All the shiny rocks. He's in a field of shiny rocks now, and we, we it pans out and we see all of these other spaceships leaving the Earth, presumably with two small children, children each and bunnies. And Nick Cage collapses. Or maybe they each have a different animal. All the kids. Yeah, I don't know. You can't populate a new planet with. Just... Well, we're not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So, Sorry, I ruined the end. So Nick Cage collapses, wakes up. He drives to his parents' house. He he hugs his, his mom, his dad, and his sister, and he's all sad. And then the world just fucking blows up. <laughs> the world lights on fire. So slowly. there's a scene right before that where mm. they um, where is he? I guess he's in Boston or New York or something. I guess like driving through Boston to get to his parents' house. Oh, yeah. And so there's crowds. There's people like looting and rioting in the streets. Yeah. And yeah. Apparently, if you look back, there's no children. None? They're all taken. They were all taken by the spooky boys. But there aren't nearly enough spaceships. Are you telling me that 50 years ago? <laughs> yeah. The spooky boys. Yeah. Were so successful. <laughs> Implanting numbers in a child's brain. Yeah. And then communicating that to an adult 50 years later that can then communicate that to a child. Mm-hmm. So much so that there are no children left on Earth. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Bullshit. So the world goes boom. Also, th- were they whispering to other kids? Like, didn't uh, weren't there other parents who discovered the prophecy? Yeah, so... Did Facebook exist in 2009? <laughs> Only for... Um... <laughs> that was a hilarious little laugh. <laughs> Only for uh, college students, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. But, like, still, there would be mommy blogs and shit about, like, what to do when your son won't stop writing the numbers. Like, it would be in, on the news every night. Like, kids all over are writing Badly numbers. Badly numeric. <laughs> every kid in the entire world can't stop writing numbers. For some reason, we haven't noticed until right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know, Steve. I don't know either. So I guess there were like eight so, spaceships like, how did the, that all the, the spooky boys convince all the children to come with them? Right, because they have to come willingly. I guess. Well, they did kind of kidnap them. Yeah, <laughs> they straight up <laughs> stole them from that gas station. <laughs> also, like. Like there I were like twelve know. spaceships. That this is left. some. This is some kitchen table or dinner discussion. We are talking about it over dinner. Jeeves, <laughs> more turkey. <laughs> Anyhow, so after the world goes boom, the movie ends with Nick Cage's son and Rose Byrne's daughter <laughs> frolicking in a field as they get dropped off on another planet. Oh my god. And they go run towards what it's I guess is like tree of uh, life. their tree of life. For religion. But then they also show a bunch of other Space spooky ship. boy spaceships <laughs> landing throughout like with all the children right. of the world. They don't take captured. They don't take any political leaders. They don't take any scientists. They take children. They don't cause... take any adults. No. They don't just... take anybody who knows how to, like, farm. <laughs> no. Him rabbits. <laughs> they don't take... Right. They were like, no, no, go ahead and take two rabbits. You'll need those to farm. And, w- and they're going to eat you... them on the second day. They're like, I'm hungry now. What do we do? Do we eat a rabbit? Do you yeah, think... of course. I Which one's the male? Which one's the female? Is the female pregnant already? You can figure it out pretty quickly. They're, like, eight years old. Okay, but they have genitalia. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> These are eight-year-olds in, like, 2009. Not okay. eight-year-olds today that know a lot more about genitalia. All right, but, like, you, I'm pretty sure that they can look at their animal and tell if it's male or female. Okay, great. Where are they going to get clean water? What if the... What if, what if the they don't need it. They'll just drink the rabbit's blood. It's that's fine. craziness. <laughs> they don't bring anybody who knows anything it's about agricultural fine. or setting up societies. I, but the but the spooky boys do. So. They're going to fucking Lord of the Flies that shit in like three days tops. Look, the spooky boys have it all figured out. <laughs> spooky. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. It was so stupid. Let's move on. Nick Cage, uh, closing thoughts. No. No. <laughs> Nick Cage Awards. Best Supporting Actor. Not the kid. No, hell no. Rose Byrne, uh, Ben Mendo. No, Liam, no, no. Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Perfect. In his first role. He had Hemsworth. one line. I don't recall. Best dressed? The brown. The just, brow fit. He's just always wearing brown. All right, fine. He had like a brown shirt, mm-hmm. brown pants, and then a brown velvet suit jacket. Or a sport coat. Is that what yeah. that's called? Yeah. Yeah. It was a Great. Look. It was a look. Um, he was also wrapped in a blanket at some point. Like he, he was. was like a sad the, child. It was after the plane crash. <laughs> His okay. wife died in a fire and he just saw like 80 people die in a fire. 80, 81. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
I'll give it to the brown. 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 Okay. The brown. Worst Nick Cage scene. Um, probably the last one. <laughs> uh, where he's hugging his parents, or when he's talking to the spooky boys. Um, spooky boys drop into his knees yeah. in the field of. You hate that reveal that it was I, aliens, dude. It killed me the first time I saw it. I wish I didn't know it was aliens. I know. I don't think I told you that it was aliens. I think I just knew. Yeah. Like from people talking about this movie. Because people are always talking about people it over dinner. People are you know, always talking <laughs> about this over dinner. Uh, best Nick Cage scene? You liked the one in the car. Right? I liked when he was in the, I think those are just really good screams. I mean, but there's nothing in that scene. give it to like scene. the two minute scene. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. more of the director's choice. I wonder that's if true, there's anything yeah. better. Anything else that we liked about Nick? Um, when he flashes his MIT badge. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, when he runs after the Spooky Boys for the first time and says, "You stay away from me here." We could do when he run when he chases the man on the train. That oh, is a good scene. Oh yeah, the train. Okay, how about yeah, like New York like City? Yeah, the, the New, New York, York City, City subway. Yeah. Okay, that was a good scene. Best scream. I, I already told you my vote is yeah, that's fine. the caves won't save you. Fine. <laughs> and the attached. most nouveau shamanic moment. Is it the way he mocked his parents? I'm the son of a pastor. I'm the son of a pastor. Or is it, again, how he flashed his MIT badge? <laughs> no, because that was that in might the have script. Been, it was, I don't think it was in the script. To flash his MIT badge? I he think said, it, trust me, I'm an astrophysicist. It could have been his decision to flash a badge. Yeah, but then he had to get someone in in, in the creative department to yeah, like, maybe. to mock that up for him. So yeah. I'm, I, I will give it to, I'm the son of a pastor. I'm the son of a pastor. <laughs> Everything the light touches. <laughs> <laughs> Did we mention that on the podcast? Especially speaking of Boston. Oh, it's okay. We, we don't have to get to into it. it. Another time. Another remind us. Someone remind us. Someone someone just say the words Bostonian Mufasa and we'll go off. We'll tell you a story. <laughs> All right. So that's gonna do it, I think, for the Nick Cage Awards. Some great awards given out there today. Where are we ranking this one, Hat? <laughs> Fuck this movie. Um, you hate this movie, so it's gonna be towards the bottom, that's for sure. Garbage. I mean he's like kind of cagey in it mm-hmm. kind of not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um his acting isn't bad it's fine it's serviceable let me <coughs> you want to look at the list over next year and see this next year <laughs> next year um <laughs> how about after bangkok dangerous above wind talkers you think this movie was better than wind talkers no <laughs> valley girl yeah. I think this movie was better than Valley Girl. Okay, so put it at 30. Okay, between Wind Talkers and Valley Girl. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Good talk. All right, that's going to do it for the rankings. You heard it here first, first folks. This is tough. Week. I know, it's tough. I don't envy you. Do you know what's going to be even more painful? Watching the movie next week. We didn't yes. want to spoil it in the beginning, so here it is now. Next week. Do we, we do all of our things? Yeah. We wrap up? Yeah. Okay, sorry. You ready? Yeah, I want to just make just make sure we're doing this in the right order. No, we have are listeners you, are you who re- know. <laughs> okay. The order. <laughs> you ready to reveal I'm it? I'm ready for the big reveal. Next week we are watching G-Force. G-Force the guinea pig police force. It is an animated guinea pig, realistic animated guinea pig police force. Nick Cage plays incredible freckles, reviews, speckles. speckles. It's got Yikes. Incredible reviews. Um terrible reviews and impeccable reviews 
better than the, the critics bully. loved it <laughs> um yeah so he's done what two animated movies and they've both Three. been really shit steve what's the third i'll let you christmas carol yeah ant bully yeah and then what else g-force oh no i mean this will be the third oh sorry yeah yeah all good so yeah 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 yikes g-force and then we have to watch astro boy in like two weeks right mm-hmm. yeah Ooh, ooh. Yep. Ooh. yep 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 ooh, goodness and then we have to watch i hate i hate animated movies then we have to watch um the one about the caveman the crudes uh crudes crudes cr- not sure crudes it's unclear but we get to watch spider-verse yeah i've seen that we also have to watch teen titans go to the movies at some point i don't want to see that <laughs> you have to watch it <laughs> and that's what we're doing i don't i don't want to do that you know what i realized the other day is that if Nick Cage stops making movies right now, we'll be done in less than a year. Mm. <laughs> and on that What note, are we going to do with our lives? I don't know. Enjoy our Sundays. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here? No, I'm just, I mean, like, I have to spend this whole week knowing that next weekend I have to knowing. sit down knowing. That next. Next. Weekend. Oh, my God. Fuck. God. That I haven't watched the guinea pig force love it i'm excited i think it'll be fun (laughs) i hope he has a big role i think he's gonna have a really small here's here's my guess i don't know anything about this movie i have a feeling he's gonna be like the weapons expert (laughs) named speckles yeah he's gonna be the guy they go to when they need more firepower so he's gonna be in like three scenes i'm guessing okay but that's a guess does that mean we only have to watch those three scenes no we have to watch the whole movie (laughs) You know how I feel about these animated movies. I know. We only did that once with Grindhouse. Could you imagine watching a three-hour-plus Grindhouse no. when he was only in two minutes of it? No. Less than two minutes? No. I could not. I'm so. sure it's great, but yeah, not for this. No. On my own time. Yes. When I'm not being held against my will to watch these <laughs> yeah. movies. All right. All right. Do- that's that. Now you know why the Nick Cage bird takes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. I always say take care. I forgot to say take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Now, freak out.